Welcome to the podcast of First Baptist Church of Robbinsville. Thank you for joining us. We trust that the teaching of God's Word will speak to you. Okay, good morning again, church family. Welcome. If you're new here today, we have been in a series for a couple months now called Wisdom for the Family. We've spoken to and hopefully encouraged those who are single. And then we looked into the wedding day and those who are married. Then we spent some time talking to parents and maybe grandparents and shepherds. But a couple weeks ago and then continuing today to wrap up this series, we're really speaking specifically to the kids. So uh, if, you're, if you're a kid and you were at Vacation Bible School this year, uh, a couple weeks ago, can you raise your hand? How many of you went to va- Vacation Bible School? Okay, was it pretty wild and crazy? Yes. So this is kind of, this is a morning where you get to participate. You participated really well at VBS. So I'm going to ask you to, uh, to participate this morning. Can you do that? I need a better yes than that. Yes, from the kids. Okay, so I need your help this morning because today, today we're talking about fortresses and towers. How many of you, just raise your hand if you, if you enjoy building forts at home. Oh yeah, a few parents out there. And so maybe you like to hang bed sheets up around the room. Maybe you like to stack things up, but forts are so fun for, for camping, for fighting. Maybe you have Nerf gun wars. Some of you may even have a fort outside in the woods somewhere, but forts are fun. And when the Bible talks about fortresses and towers, it's always speaking into this idea of of a, a place of strength and protection, a place of security, um, a place that keeps us safe. But at a young age, this begins. Maybe a lot of you have some of these ABC blocks at home. And starting probably around age one, you learn to stack these blocks. And it's just, it's amazing that it can be so entertaining to try to take your time and just figure out how to stack those blocks. Raise your hand if you did that as a child growing up. A few of you. Maybe some of you still have these things around. But eventually we move from blocks. We, we start out, and, and this is our tower, but eventually it becomes maybe something like this, magnet tiles. Anybody got some magnet tiles at home? Build those things. And then maybe other times it's not magnet tiles, it's bigger blocks. It's colorful blocks. It's blocks of different shapes and sizes. And what's cool is however you want to stack them, that's just that's what you do. You're building a tower. Other times it's a lot more tedious. It's little sticks and, and it's hours of work and concentration. Maybe it's something that you share with friends. And then other times it's something that snaps together like Legos or blocks. And it's, it's always these moments of, look, mom, look, dad, look at what I built. And then as you grow older, it even shifts from blocks to tape and straws. You can barely see that, but that, that, that tower is about as tall as both of those boys. And, and it even becomes a competition. It becomes something that you can, you can build, you can take a picture of, you can look back on and laugh, and you can say, yeah, remember when we built that big tower. But all of those towers really had one thing in common. Yes, they're fun. 
they, they, we, we talk about it, we play, they're fun, but they, there's one problem that they all have in common. It's really this. They do not last forever. Eventually, those towers, just a little bump, and they come crashing down. And so the memory was there. It lasted, but the towers don't stand forever. Sometimes it's your brother or sister that knocks it down. Other times, the bed sheets, you, you fall down, and they just they come tumbling down. And the forts out in the woods, some of us built those forts like 40 years ago. And eventually, over time, the wood rotted, a storm knocked it down, trees fell. But the Bible talks about a tower that is super strong, a tower that cannot be knocked down. It's a tower that stands forever, and it's a tower that God wants all of you to know. And so if you would, in Proverbs chapter 18, stand with me in reverence and in honor for the reading of God's holy, inerrant, inspired, infallible word. And so I'm going to ask the kids, if you would, let's do a repeat after me, like you did at VBS. You can be loud, but we're going to say one line at a time. I'll say it first, and then, and then you say it. Are you ready? You're ready. The name of the Lord, the of the Lord. Is, a is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are, that there is none like you. There's none that can be compared to you. And we thank you that you want us to know you and to run to you and to experience the strength of who you are in our lives. So we ask that your spirit would have the freedom to speak to us and God this morning. Speak to every individual, Lord, in a way that only you can by the power of your spirit and your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So thank you for that participation. That's good. It's good. It's good excitement. It's good passion. So we would all agree, God wants us to know him. That's why he wrote that verse in scripture. He wants to take these things that you build in life and to equate it to him, but to understand he's separated from all of those things. He's bigger, he's stronger, and he will never fall or, or fail. His name reminds us of who he is. Because God knows throughout your life, there's going to be times that you're tempted to be afraid. And he knows that those fears can cause you to be controlled. Those fears can cripple your life like a tower falling down. Those fears can cause you to miss out on who he is and what he wants to do in your life. Sometimes it's not fears, it's doubts, it's worries, it's anxieties, it's things that we're insecure or stressed about. So let's dive into this today and to kind of explore more of what this, this, these words of wisdom is talking about and what it means to run to him and experience his strength. We're going to step into a time in Israel's history whenever they were not trusting God as their strong tower. Maybe they knew that's who he was, but they weren't trusting in him for their own lives. This is a time whenever Israel was letting their enemies take over. They were rebelling against God, 
And God was letting their enemies push them down like a tower. And then all throughout the prophecy of Jeremiah, God would speak to Jeremiah. And God would say, Jeremiah, tell the people, this is, this is what I'm about. Tell them why their tower keeps falling. Tell them why the enemy keeps coming in and just ruining their lives. It doesn't have to be this way. And so we're going to step into Jeremiah. And in two verses, Jeremiah is going to tell us what God said. He's going to show us the towers that the Israelites were building and why the enemy kept just knocking them down. Because these are towers that we too can build in our life today. It may look a little different, but we're going to talk about it. And so the first one is in Jeremiah chapter 9. So if you want to... Repeat this after me. Two lines. Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. So now let's pause right there and let's think about what is God saying. God's looking at the people and he's saying you're really smart. You're educated. You know a lot of things, but you're boasting in it. It's becoming your identity. It's you're building your life around what you know and what other nations have taught you instead of around me. So I want you to think of this, this idea of wisdom, like, like, an edu- like the education that you're trying to get. How many of you love school? Does anybody here love school? Love reading books. Yeah, that's cool. Some people love school. That's good. And so all throughout school, you're learning history. Maybe some of you will grow up one day and you'll work at a museum. And and that would be really cool. That'd be a good job to have. Maybe all throughout school, you're learning math. And some of you are going to grow up and you're going to be engineers. You're going to be architects. You're going to use numbers. Maybe you'll be an accountant. and You're going to figure out people's taxes. Maybe some of you love science, and you're going to grow up, maybe you're going to go into the medical field. You're going to learn a lot about how things work. You're going to be a scientist. You're going to do a lot of really cool things, and maybe others are going to go into business. You're going to to work in an office. You're going to figure out how how to do things on computers. It's going to help a lot of businesses, or maybe you'll run your own businesses, and all that you learn... It's kind of like what God's talking about. It's not learning that's the problem. It's letting our lives become built upon what we know to the point that you look at somebody and you say, I know more than you. Anybody ever said that before? Maybe, maybe you look at somebody and you think, look at what I can do. Look at how much better I scored on that test. Look at the scholarship that I got. Look at the college that I'm going to. I'm so smart, and my parents are so proud of me. Try this out. Might have to get a kid to come up here and help me. And so, it's, is learning a bad thing? Kids, is learning a bad thing? No, we want you to learn. But is boasting in how much smarter that you are than somebody else, is that a bad thing? Yes. 
because it would make somebody else feel bad. What if, what if you walked into the classroom and you said, I'm so smart, and then you kept going with that and you said, but you're so dumb, you're so stupid. Because the reality is, whenever people are boasting in what they know, they are losing sight of how God wants them to treat other people so that it's him that they're getting to know. And what God is saying here in Jeremiah 9.23 is you can quickly and easily over time build your life around how much you know rather than who you know. So I think this is a pretty strong tower. I don't think... Anybody could knock it down. I'm wondering if Briar could come up here and try to knock it down because it's pretty strong. But when I look at it, I think, I think it'll stand. I don't think it'll stand pretty, pretty tall and high. Briar, would you, would you want to walk up here and just try and see? Just try and see. Do you think you could knock down that tower? Okay, let's see you try. Oh, man, he knocked it down. Can you... Can you push the books off of the table too? Are you strong enough? <gasps> My tower didn't stand. Can you give Briar and Biddy a round of applause? So this is kind of what God is saying is happening to Israel. It actually happened during the time of Jesus. Everybody say Pharisees and scribes. See, whenever you read the Gospels, there were people that interacted, there were people that interacted with Jesus all throughout the Gospels, and they were really smart. In fact, they were so smart that kind of like that tower, it became everything to them. So when God's son walked in front of, on the earth in front of them, when he loved people and ministered to people that they often overlooked, healed them and even raised the dead. They looked and said, must be the devil. They, because they were so caught up in their tower of wisdom, they didn't know and understand the character of God. But God says in Jeremiah chapter 9, there's another tower that's kind of like this that we can build our lives upon. And, and so maybe we'll do the top and the bottom line together. Maybe repeat after me, thus says the Lord. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. That's such good participation. So is it, is it bad to build muscles and be strong? No, that's, that's a good thing. Is it, is it okay to, to work out and to even play sports? Absolutely. Is it okay to become skilled at other things like hunting or fishing or, or knitting or playing an instrument? Yes. This is what God is talking about. The might is connected to sometimes the physical strength that you have and other times it's the abilities that you have to do things. God gives you those abilities. He's saying they're a good thing. But here's what was happening during Jeremiah's day. God was saying the people have become so confident and what they can do, that they're missing out on me. So maybe let's think of what God is saying kind of like this. How many of you have ever worn a jersey before? Anybody ever worn a jersey? There's an old jersey. Maybe baseball, softball, anybody? Baseball, softball, you like to play, you like to hit, you like to throw. Let's, let's lay that up here. 
I really like it. How many of you have, maybe you've won um, some medals or trophies before? Anybody? Medals and trophies? You got them in your bedroom? Let's, let's put some of those medals and trophies up here. What about plaques? Anybody? You got plaques? You've won some games? You've got some plaques? And maybe you put them on your wall. Maybe even a few of you have rings, big rings, championship rings, winning rings. Maybe some of you have some rings that you like to talk about and look at. So let's bring the blocks back up here. In 2023, which is today, it's easy to begin to build our lives around how we can throw a ball, catch a ball, run a ball, hit a ball, shoot a ball. It's easy to become so confident how well we can run. It's easy to win and win and win, which is fun to win, and to say, look, look at how good that I'm doing, because we want you to do good. We want you to, if you want to play for the Black Knights one day, we want you to play for the Black Knights. We'll cheer you on. We want you, whatever you do, to do your very best and learn and have fun when you win and when you lose. But what we want to warn you of and what God was even saying back then is the skills that you have, the success that you have, playing an instrument, making things, winning, beating other people. We like to beat Murphy. It's very important to beat Swain in life. I mean, they're a bunch of devils. Devils don't need to win. It's in the book. But if this becomes everything that I live for, if this becomes all that I'm known for, it's my glory, it's how I impress people, it's who I am and it's what I'm about. God is saying then and to us now, the very thing that he gave you skills to do can be the very thing that causes you to miss him. It takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of energy, it takes a lot of effort. And so I'm wondering, I'm wondering if Harper is able to come up here and try knocking down this tower, because now it's, it's a strong tower. There's a lot of trophies and plaques and jerseys up here. It's a strong tower. Do you think you can do it? Okay, let's try. Oh, oh there's still three blocks there. There's still three. Oh. <laughs> Give Harper a round of applause. Let's just soak in here. God is saying, it's just that quick and it's all over. Now watch this. Kids, watch this. You ready? If you're a parent or grandparent, if you're a person in this room and you're like 18 or older, and at some point in your life, you've won a plaque, won a trophy, or wore a jersey, raise your hand. Keep them up. Keep them up. Look around. All the kids, look around. Look at all the people. Now put them back down. All right. You ready, kids? Kids, you ready? How many of you that just raised your hand are still wearing that jersey today and bringing in money for your family? What happened? So I want you to look. Kids, I want you to watch this. Stuff like this is fun. We want you to learn to be competitive, be a teammate, cheer on your teammates, learn how to win and lose and have a good attitude. We want you to do that. So many things you can learn. We don't want this to become who you are. 
Because for all of us that just raised their hand, it's something we did. It's something we had fun at. But in reality, it's not who we still are. It's not who we are today. He tells us who we are. And these things all fade away. They all fall down. Oh, I left the shoes. Maybe I should have put the shoes. I, I think you could have knocked down the shoes. It all fades away. It just becomes something that eventually, maybe it goes in the dumpster. Maybe it goes up in the attic. Maybe it just goes under the bed somewhere. And God says, don't go that route. But then he tells us one more thing. And let's, let's say this one together as well. So try it again. Thus says the Lord. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. Okay, how many of you like money? Raise your hand if you like money. It's okay to like money. It's okay to like money. I got, I got some money up here. What all can you buy at Walmart for $20? That's going to be the foundation that works. Sometimes in life, we become acquainted. Maybe, I'm not going to ask you to respond to this, okay? I just want, you, I want all the kids to think about this. Have you ever went somewhere, like maybe Walmart, maybe the mall, maybe a big sporting goods store like Cabela's or something, and you wanted something and your parents said, we can't afford that, right? It's okay. That's okay. That, that was probably a good decision on their part. And maybe we walk away throughout life thinking, if I just had... More money. I could get the things that I want. I could get the things that I need, the things that make me happy, because money is not a bad thing. We can use money to buy things, to build things, to go places. We can use money to bless people, so it's a good thing. We want you to grow up and get a job and work. That's, let me be really clear. We don't want you to grow up, just lay around all day and let other people feed you. So this is not a bad thing, but God is saying, when money is my foundation and I begin to build my life on, I need more of it. Oh, wow. I just got a better job. I'm making more of it. Look at all the things that I can buy. Look at where I live. Look at what I wear. Look at where, where I get to go. Look at what I drive. Everyone look at what I'm able to do. With my money and my hard work and my success, aren't you impressed? And so God is saying back then, he's saying today, that, oh, wait, I got a little bit more money. Oh, I, I, got, I got a gift card. We can go out and e even eat good food. Subway. That'll work. Lowe's. I don't know if kids appeal to Lowe's. You can go buy, your, buy some good tools at Lowe's. There's so much that we can do with money. And God was saying then and now, don't let this become your identity. Don't let it become what you live for. I hope that you grow up and get a good job and, and you make good money and you use it then to serve the purposes of the Lord. Taking care of your family, having fun, going places, but ultimately, if it becomes your identity, God is saying it could become a tower. It could be the very thing that you become, you find your security in. So I'm wondering if Oakley is able to knock this down. Because this 
is the strongest tower I've built so far. It's got some money for the foundation. It's got money on top of it. I don't think the Oakley can knock this down. And she's, uh, it was so quick. Give her a round of applause. And so the money didn't really last. And so if you look up on the screen, you can see, I actually skipped something, didn't I? <laughs> You'll follow. If you looked up on the screen and I asked you who that was, you would say, who? David and Goliath. Is Goliath's muscles bigger than David's? Is his sword and spear and shield bigger? Yes. But do you know what? The whole Philistine army was so proud of him because of his big muscles. They thought that he couldn't be defeated. They thought that his strength is our glory and power. And when we take over other nations because of him, we get the power and we get their money. But what happened that day? He died. One little pebble. Isn't it neat that David said, Goliath, you come at me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. And that day, Goliath fell. And I want to show you something else that fell. Sorry, that was the verse we were supposed to read a minute ago. Something else once stood in New York City. And a lot of your parents and grandparents can remember this. It was in 2001. So for everybody that's like, you know, 25 or older, you may remember this. But everybody, I want you to say Twin Towers. They were, these towers were 1,792 feet tall. But there came a day when one act of evil was able to knock down those towers. These towers made a lot of people money. Or actually the work that the people did in the towers made a lot of people money. But one day, one act of evil crashed into these towers, and moments later, after two airplanes were overtaken and hit them, they came falling down. And on that day, or from that one event, 2,996 people died. And do you know what didn't matter in that moment? There's still some money up here. But on that day, what didn't matter was how much money those individuals had made. It didn't matter how many gift cards they had. It didn't matter about all the things they had bought, all the places they had went. It didn't matter all the trophies that they had or plaques and achievements that was on their wall. On that day, there was only really one thing that mattered. Did they know Jesus? Were they prepared to meet Jesus? And those towers came tumbling down. And so whenever God says... To not glory in these things. Actually, let's go back to the verse and let's notice the same word that God said three times. It's underlined. Can anybody tell me what it is? Glory. Say it again. Glory. Glory. God is saying to glory in something is to boast in it. It's what consumes you. It's all that you talk about. It's what you wake up and thinking about. It's what you go to bed thinking about. It's what you live for. But there's another tower. Do you want to hear about the tower that doesn't fall? Do the kids want to hear about the tower that doesn't fall? 
What God says next is pointing us to a tower that can't be built with hands. It can't be knocked off of tables. He says this in Jeremiah 9, 24. Thus says the Lord, but let him who glories glory in this. So God is saying, I want you to boast. I want you to glory, but not in those things that's up here. Because when you look up here and you see all this stuff laying here, what, what, would you, what would you say about all this stuff scattered on the floor? What does it look like? A mess. That was great. That's exactly what I had written down. A mess. This is one big mess. And God is saying, I want you to glory throughout your life, but not in those things we just talked about because your life will fall apart and it'll look like a big mess. I've got something way better. And he says, here it is. Here's what I want you to glory in. That you understand and know me. That you understand and know the character of God. And he, he says, here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I want you to know about me. That I am the Lord. It's a statement that says, there's none like me. Lots of people can say, I'm the Lord, but none can prove it. But he has. And he says, here's what I do because of who I am. I exercise in loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. God is painting us a picture. And he's saying, here's a tower that will never fall or fail. Sometimes in your life, this is for the kids especially, sometimes in life, things are going to happen to you and they're just not right. People hurt you, people say things to you, your feelings get hurt, things just don't go your way that day. But watch this. Sometimes, guess who gets blamed? God does. And when you hear somebody saying, it's God's fault, really that person is speaking about God because they don't really understand and know this about him. Sometimes things happen and you don't get the grades or the scholarship that you wanted at school. Maybe something just didn't go right. Maybe your teacher was having a bad day. Sometimes, those of you that play sports, you don't get to play as much as you wanted or the position that you wanted or the ball that you wanted. Maybe it's the coach's fault. Maybe it's not. Sometimes, the referee makes a bad call. You ever been in a game and the referee just made a bad call? In life, that may happen to you and you may lose the game because that referee made a bad call. And other times, you may work really hard, and then you get that money. You get paid. And you look at it, you go cashing your check, and you're like, is that all? Maybe you feel like your boss or your employer's just, employer's just not paying you enough. But I want you to step back and say this. God sees. God sees. Try that with me one time. God sees. And God knows. Thank you. When things don't go your way, God sees and God knows, and he's still loving and kind, and his judgments are still good and righteous. Here's what that means. You don't have to react and call someone names or point out whose fault it is or fight about it. You can just say, I want, Lord, I want to trust you. And it's in those moments that God gently reminds us because he sees and because he knows, he's still loving and kind. And in the right way, at the right time, he can judge. 
He's going to do what's right to the person who hurt you or did you wrong. You don't have to. He can take care of it because he has a standard of what is right and what is wrong. And he can take care of it. In fact, he proved this through the cross. Do you see that cross in the top left of your screen? It's kind of faded back there. The cross once stood as a tower. It was a tower put up by the Romans that said, we're in charge. We have the money. We have the power. We know what we're doing and you got to bow down. It was a tower that said, you should be afraid. But Jesus changed all that. Because when you look at these three words where God describes who he is, here's what happened with Jesus. Jesus came and he took the judgment that he didn't deserve, but we did. He took the judgment for our sin, the sin that we're all born with that separates us from God. And the Bible teaches us that God allowed Jesus to die for our sins to express his loving kindness for you. And then the Bible says, this is the gospel, that Christ died on the, on the cross and was raised from the dead. So I need all the kids to say, the gospel is good news for me and the whole world. So here's what Jesus did. Jesus said... That if you trust in him, and this is as, as a church and as parents is what we're always praying for, the time and the place, whenever the Holy Spirit draws you to Jesus and you trust that he died for your sins and was raised from the dead, you are then made righteous with God. Because that's who he is. He says you're a part of his family. And he's delighted for you to know that. So now I want to close today by asking you this question. How serious is God about you understanding and knowing him? How serious does God take it that no one gets in the way of what he wants you to know about him through life? When Matthew 18, Jesus sat down, maybe he was kind of like this, and he had a child sitting on his knee. And as he began to speak, he began to warn everybody. And he says this, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, whoever gets in the way of you as a child understanding and knowing God as your strong tower, I kind of wonder if Jesus took a deep breath and then he said this, it would be better for that person who's building up the towers in their lives and distracting them from knowing me and following me, it would be better if they had a millstone hung around their neck and thrown in the sea. Now I need all the kids to say, what's a millstone? Now I need all of you to say, that's a millstone. And so this is this big, heavy stone that was used to crush grain and make flour and do all sorts of other things. Is Jesus wasn't literally saying, we're going to take that and go tie it around people's necks and then throw it in the sea and drown them. But symbolically, he's saying to all of you children over here, over here, and over here, that God is very serious about no one distracting you 
and causing you to sin and build towers up in your life that's going to block your understanding of who he is and what he wants to do with your life. That's a big deal. So as a church, we think that you're a really big deal. And we want to do everything we can to help you know him. So here's the last thing that I want to ask of you today. If you were to ask, what would really happen if I live my life to know him? Well, Jesus answered that question in Matthew 6. He said, if you live your life, essentially he's saying, if you live your life to know him and to be loving and kind because he's loving and kind, to have discernment and judgment and try to do the right thing because that's who he is, here's what Jesus said. He said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. That's living a life like this. He said, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. All the kids, say this really loud. Three words, treasures in heaven. heaven. Jesus is painting a picture that in heaven there won't be a tower, but there will be a treasure. There will be things in heaven that never fell down, never got destroyed, and no one could ever steal or take from you. It will be things in heaven that you, it won't be things that you stand up and you say, look what I did. It won't be that kind of treasure or trophy. It will be treasure that you and God one day celebrate. Because this was what your heart was aligned to. And that as a church is what we want to help you to do. Let's pray. Father, it's here that that we just stop And we want to thank you that you are so passionate about children knowing and understanding you. Help us as parents and grandparents and as a church and as shepherds and as ministers and as influencers and as youth leaders and kids leaders to not get in the way, but to stand in their lives as a help, as an encouragement with joy and passion help kids, to help children of all ages to build their lives on knowing who you are and trusting you and following you with their lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you were encouraged by the teaching of God's Word. If you have questions or would like more information about our church, you can find us at www.robbinsvillefbc.org or call the office at 828-479-3423. God bless you and have a great day.